your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to a Thursday. Is it Thursday? Thursday of Lacrosse Talk PM. I am Rick Sola. I'm back from a two-day hiatus, and in the studio with me this hour is Eric Wilson, who's running for. I call Eric the U.S. House of Representatives. It's a mouthful, but when you say Congress, Congress is Senate House. So I like to say, so welcome, man. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. You just drove down here from Menominee, so or from uh, from Eau Claire. Eric's from from the Eau Claire area. Is running for the third congressional district. At this point, we I think we're down to four Democrats now because I was told that Aaron Knights maybe has dropped out of the race because some his website no longer exists. His website no longer so exists. He so he might be in the race, he might not. Didn't return my emails when I emailed him to come on the show either. So we'll see. But you're Rebecca Cook, Tara Johnson, Katrina Shanklin. You're the only guy in the race. Yes. So you're the outlier here. Is it going to take a man to beat Derek Van Orden? <laughs> I think everyone in this race is qualified. There's a lot of good candidates and a lot of good perspectives, and I think that's the important thing. We could do the real general thing. So if you're from Eau Claire, you're a UW Madison student, or you were you graduate from UW Madison, you're 30 years old, so you're you're kind of a young buck in this game. Where are your priorities? I guess, what did you graduate in? We, we should just get to know you, because yeah. I don't know anything about you. Yeah, well, grew up just north of Eau Claire, did... Everything that normal people do was in sports, was in 4-H, did archery, airsoft. Normal um, people don't do archery. Well, I guess in, mm, up there eh, maybe. Yep, in the north. When you do. say archery, though, what does that mean? Because if you're bow hunting, you're bow hunting. But what's archery? Yeah, so it, it's where they actually have the target. Are you in the archery team? Yeah. Oh, okay. And so did that, played sports, pretty much grew up like normal, did some traveling, and then went down to Madison and studied Started off electrical engineering and then decided to switch to economics. Okay. And uh, I was in the UW marching band when I was down there. Okay. What, what, what instrument did you play? I played trumpet. You played trumpet? Okay. Yep. I saw, man, is this going to be UW? I'm going to get this wrong, but somebody sent me a video. They did like a SpongeBob montage. But A, were you part of that? And B, have you seen that? Well, maybe switch around. You see this? The, like, I have the, seen it. The yep. crazy things that marching bands do. Like, wh- what's your craziest? I don't know. Did you were you part of anything that crazy? Nothing that crazy. I did get to march at the Rose Bowl. Okay. So it was back in, in 2012, and hundred thousand people. Yep, hundred thousand people. The uniforms are all wool, and so out in the California oh, heat, we were nice and <laughs> nice and warm. I get warm thinking about that. Yeah. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. If you have questions you want to ask Eric, he is running for the 3rd Congressional District, 3rd U.S. House District here that entails Lacrosse County. What do you think of the district? Because I call it, I just, A, I say it grabs all the UW schools in the area. B, I call it the bicep district because it's got to go and grab. It's probably like the backwards, but should be the tricep district. It's got to go and grab UW Stevens Point while missing everything in between. Yep. But just that in general, what do you think of? Because uh, you have to campaign this this trail, right? That's not exactly straight line. Yeah, it, it's a huge district, but the benefit is that there's a lot of diversity in it, and it's a lot of college towns. It's a lot of rural, and so we get to talk to everyone. I get to talk to everyone, and I, the big thing is being able to bring younger people out, and that's why, from a from a college district perspective, I think it's great because we're we're going to get a lot of engagement from college 
students and and they vote Democrat. And so it's important to to get them out and make sure that their voices are heard and that they understand that someone is fighting for their future, too. Have you taken anything from the election? Was it two days ago now? The, that Have you taken anything from that account? What happened on Tuesday? Yeah, I, it, it really hits home because it, it shows me that people are still passionate about the things that matter. And that's human rights. It's women's rights. It's making sure that we are all coming together, getting out and protecting the rights of everyone. So it's exciting to see that we're able to hold some seats, we're able to take some seats, and, and that we're building momentum moving into 24. Yeah, I think, uh, I think most elections just come down to turnout. I had this conversation with the mayor on Monday, the mayor of lacrosse, uh, he, and he, he had a conversation with the UW lacrosse students. So a lot of UW lacrosse students showed up during for the Supreme Court, Wisconsin Supreme Court yep. race. And um, on that same ballot, if I remember correctly, the sheriffs. No, that wasn't. That might not have been the same ballot. A lot of UWO students showed up for um, and helped swing the sheriff's race here in La Crosse County, too. So uh, there was actually a fight over that district voting in the sheriff's race. You probably I don't know if you know any of this, but um, but we've seen the, the turnout for the Wisconsin Supreme Court race as well. We saw a lot of students turn out and UWL student population is larger than the voting the entire voting population that voted for the mayor a couple of years ago. So like if all the UWL students voted in the city's mayor race, they would just decide who's mayor because they, they're more than the rest of the vote. So uh, there is a world here where if you just get all the UW populations in your district to, to vote, uh, but that's a tough thing to do, I think. Yeah. And especially with how the voter suppression has, has worked out. And so we used to have primaries in the spring and they moved it to August so that students aren't in school. Mm-hmm. And so knowing that the third district is is heavy on college kids, it's it's important that we still get out. It's important that we talk to them in the spring. Uh, I'm involved in involved in talking with the Eau Claire College Dems, the Lacrosse College Dems. I've spoken to to both of those groups and it's important to just continue to yeah i didn't think about that primary in august so therefore mail ballots come into play mm-hmm. and it becomes a very important thing you almost gotta like hey along with uh, if you just show up now you can't even just show up because you're probably not you might be back home especially yep. in august you might be just home for that weekend or that that week right before school starts um now you got to figure out how to vote from away from your district uh, and they're making that harder as well. Yep. I, I mean, it, it's all systematic to, to make it more difficult for people to be engaged in democracy. And and that's something that we need to, to fight for. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. Eric Wilson is going to hang out this hour. If you have questions, he's running for the 3rd Congressional District or the 3rd U.S. House District. Contains La Crosse County, obviously. He's uh, trying to be the guy to beat Derek Van Orden in this district. He's running against three women. So he's the outlier, which is kind of funny, too. That we don't often have that, um, you know, in, in politics ever, where the guy is the outlier in this race. Uh, but he's running against Rebecca Cook, Katrina Shankland, and Tara Johnson, as well as the Democratic nominees. Uh, we'll be back. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. I'm Rick Solom. In the studio with me is Eric Wilson. I'm going to say Olson one of these times. Just I don't know why. It's just like I'm just trying not to trip over myself. 
Eric Wilson's running for the House of Representatives here in the third district. He is one of five, uh, four Democrats now. I gotta, you know what? I'm gonna take Aaron's name off here because if you took your website down, that's official. You're not running anymore. And if you don't answer my emails, that, that then it's really, really official. It official. Though I don't. No, I just emailed you the other day. You actually answered my email pretty quickly. And uh, the only person I haven't had on the show is Katrina. And you're down one now to to Rebecca and Tara, just so you know. So, like, couple, well, we'll <laughs> a couple months from back. now, you'll be like, we'll hey, I'm back. down one. we got to even the numbers. And, and Katrina's in the, the the state assembly. So she, uh, they're really busy right now because they do cram sessions is what I call them. So they put all the bills into, we're going we're gonna to break for Christmas because they get months off, even though they're full-time state legislature. And then uh, they do about 100 bills all at one time. So nobody can keep up. The news can't tell you enough. Um, but that's state. That's state politics. When it comes to the U.S. House of Representatives, is there, is there a reason? Like, okay, I need to I, – I want to represent this district. I want to run for this. Coming from – I guess what, what do you do for a living? Because you graduated a while ago, right? Yep. Yep, and so I'm now doing digital project management, and then my second job is actually mortgages, and so loan origination and being involved in the housing industry and and getting people the the resources or working with them to be able to buy homes. So is homes a priority of yours as you, as you work through this process? Because we talk about that a lot on the show. Lacrosse is in a situation where there aren't enough homes, and because there aren't enough homes to buy or even to rent, really, uh, then the prices skyrocket, and then regular people can't afford homes. So you've you've probably seen this firsthand, right? Yeah, absolutely. And it, it it's the bigger picture too. It ties into the interest rates. It ties into um, the lack of housing, the shortage, how expensive it is to to build, and it's also it comes down to big corporations trying to buy eighty percent of single family homes. And so we're we're put in this situation where you are up against cash offers and you have financing and the seller's gonna usually go with the, the cash offer. And so normal people are being priced out of buying houses just because big corporations are trying to come in and buy them all up. Yeah, we see I've seen that uh, some of those stories like BlackRock in yep. Texas is buying uh, I, we, I don't see a lot of that in Wisconsin so much, but but it's it's not like it couldn't happen. Well, and part of what they do is they have the they have smaller shell corporations that are are buying it up, so it, it's hard to determine sometimes who's yeah. actually buying. Up. So they have like Brown Sand, so they have BlackRock, but yep. then they call their smaller yep. corporation Brown Sand or something like that. Um, yeah, well, so is, is is how would you say housing's like one of the? Because that sounds like a little bit of your forte too when you're saying you want to run. Uh, for Congress, right? For U.S. House. Yeah, housing is important. Um, another one that if we don't solve, if we don't jump in, if we don't fix, is we're not going to, the rest of it is a little bit moot. Um, climate. I mean, we need to to be investing in, in green. And I think it's a great opportunity to bring a lot of jobs here to Wisconsin. Um whether that's solar, whether that's infrastructure. Um, and so climate is a huge one. The other big one for me is healthcare and making sure that we are providing a baseline healthcare for everyone. Uh, when I was 19 down in, in Madison, I ended up having to put 
college on pause. I had a concave chest and was having breathing issues, was having heart issues, uh, and ended up having surgery. And so with that, they, they break your sternum and put a bar in there, and I ended up getting infections in both sides. And so as a 19-year-old, 10 surgeries later, five months worth of, of dealing with health issues, come out of it with medical debt. And are you saying your parents, parent, your parents' insurance didn't hook you up? I was on my parents' insurance. Um, my mom had switched jobs, and, and so it was an interim time, and they only cover so much. And so we got, I got in this situation where as a 19-year-old going to college, working my part-time job, I have not only student debt, but it's, I have medical debt too. Was your mom like, oh, good time to have a concave chest, Eric? Yeah. Like right you when know, in between jobs. Yeah. <laughs> yep. right? Of course. <laughs> uh, well, obviously I'm joking, but um, yeah, that's crazy. Uh, like I have proposed this to the other candidates when I talk to you. We have to have what I, and you could steal it. Whoever wants to steal it first. I don't have to think about it. Healthcare. Where it's just like, that would be the tagline. I'm running on. I don't have to think. We don't have to think about it. Healthcare. I guess we should make it everybody, right? Where you just go get the care you need. And you don't have to think about like, gee, I have this uh, nagging cough. My friend had a nagging cough for months. And not to belittle your thing because it's pretty. But this is my experience from him. And and just eventually it was like, dude, his wife's like, I don't know if she called him dude. But like, Aaron, go to the doctor. And then he ended up having, he had pneumonia or Ammonia, pneumonia, pneumonia, and yeah. he almost died, and it, it ended up being an infection. And it, yeah, he told me this at volleyball. He's like, "Yeah, I almost died." I was like, "You almost died?" I'm like, "Jesus Christ!" You didn't tell me. So like, that's another one of them where you're stubborn and you don't know if the healthcare is going to cover or or the thing is not serious enough to make it a bother, right? Like, so I, yeah, and, and and in your case, it wasn't even that. You you don't get to even have that choice. That's not a choice to you. You had a how do you conca- what happens? You concave your yes. Yeah, so it's just a genetic. I guess not disorder, but disorder. And so it gets worse as you grow. And so as I grew from middle school to six, four, it, it got worse. Mm-hmm. And so eventually it got to a point where I, I couldn't function and, and had to get it taken care of. But it, it's also like, there are so many people that know people that have cancer and they're having to make the yeah. decision of like, do I stay on my hormone therapy? And my dad is one example. He is was first diagnosed with prostate cancer in 2011, and it's been a back and forth battle. And he's at the point now where he has to have monthly hormone shots and infusions, and it's over $1,300 a shot. My mom can't retire because they need her insurance mm-hmm. so that he can get the care that he needs. And so we're we're making people choose do you get the care that you need? Or a lot of people are one medical issue away from not being able to pay their bills. Right. It's and like, do I get the care to the, that I need or and sell my house? Or do I just live in the house that I own or something like that? Right. right? And just deteriorate or like you slip and fall and, and break a knee and you don't go in because you're like, I can't afford to. Yeah. Like, or you just slip and fall. You, you need an ambulance ride. Right. And you just, you, we've ended it there, right? Like, I don't know. Can somebody drive me? Because the ambulance ride is going to cost 1300 bucks. Yeah. We, so. I mean, you have to make that decision of like, do you go get, do you go get the care that you need or do you not eat? 608-785-7914 is the talk and text. So you want to throw those headphones on? We'll just, we'll, we'll wait here. Caller, you're on the air. Who's this? Yeah, this is Jeff. Hey, Jeff, you got a question for Eric? Gonna, 
I'm just calling in relating to the uh, thing about large corporations buying up uh, uh, single family homes and stuff. I live in La Crosse County and a large corporation from uh, Boca Raton, Florida, just recently bought our trailer park. And they also bought another one in uh, West Salem not not that long ago. And they, they turned around and they immediately jacked the rent up $100, you know, at the first crack, you know. <laughs> and, you know, it's just wrong, I think, you know. It's something, you know, that should be done about it, you know. And I don't know what could be done about it, but uh, just expressing my opinion. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for the call. Um, you ever, you, I don't know, you hear about stuff like that? Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's a common, it's becoming more common too. I think there's with Wisconsin being sort of a safe haven state as climate change progresses. Um, I think we're going to see a lot more of this big money from out of state coming in and trying to buy stuff up and it's pricing, it's pricing Wisconsinites out of homes mm-hmm. and when you're on a fixed income when you're you're struggling with other things it, it it can be the difference of you have a house or not and so from a federal perspective we need to be putting putting legislation in place that protects protects small businesses protects homeowners and allows people to have that opportunity for for the american dream and and having a house is a huge indicator of being able to build wealth and equity and current state. That opportunity is being taken away from a lot of people. Yeah, and it sounds like, and I don't know the caller situation there, but he might he might own the house and not the land under it. Therefore, he's probably renting. You know, however some some of those places work. Uh, but but then, but what do you do? You know, is is there regulations like like I'm just going to jack the rent up on you because. You know, they're the person that owns that situation depend, you know, their situation could be different, but depending on on who owns what, you know. Yeah. And so, I mean, I don't know the exact situation either, but I I know from a from a federal perspective, we need to be putting in these these guardrails to to protect, protect everyone. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. All right. We're going to take a break. Brad's doing the news. Scott's comment coming up. We'll continue with Eric Wilson, who. Did I do it right? Okay. <laughs> Eric Wilson. I don't know why I get the other name in my head. Uh, who's running for the 3rd Congressional District here in La Crosse County and beyond when we come back. All right. Welcome back to La Crosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text slide. Eric Wilson is in studio with me. He is running for the 3rd Congressional District here. Uh, it contains the La Crosse County. Uh, let's just go UW-La Crosse. It contains UW-Stevens Point. It contains UW-Eau Claire and UW-Stout? Or Yep, Stout, River Falls, Platteville. Oh, I miss... Oh, it contains all those? I guess I... <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, also, it, it's not going to change, right? Like, Because there is a Supreme Court lawsuit, Wisconsin Supreme Court lawsuit, but that is for state districts, right? The congressional district is going to stay the way it is current state yes yeah okay so so you don't have to worry about your district changing dramatically as you're campaigning here nope not at this point although you do have to worry about trying to get all the all the 14 million corners of your district i was going to say four corners but it's definitely not a square you should count the corners that'd be funny you could call you could call that your dish you just count all the corners and the and then that would be your like i'm doing the seventeen thousand three hundred twenty seven corner 
uh, campaign or something. I'll get like back that. to you on it. I got all I'll the good ideas the here. Work, terrible yeah. ideas. Terrible ideas. Um, all right. So back back to UW Madison days. When did you? Uh, at what point was the college basketball team's roster at uh, Badgers roster? Was there uh, Frank Kaminsky on the team when you were there? Yep. No, Frank you were in the band, but there was also an acapella team, acapella group. And Frank and the acapella dude group did a did a video together. Have you seen this video with the Shake Mad It Hatters. Off? With Shake think, It Off, yeah. have you seen that video? Yep. <laughs> that's why. That's Hatters. why I love that song, okay. is uh, because they they do a dance off. Frank Kaminsky yep. versus the uh, it's an acapella group, right? That's yeah. what they were called. Yeah. Okay. The Mad Hatters. All right. Uh, so that's that's like one of my favorite songs. Maybe maybe just because Frank Kaminsky and those guys do a dance off. Um, six zero eight seven eight five. Oh, he hung up. Okay, we were gonna get to him, but uh, if you want to, Jack, if you want to call back, go ahead. Well, I was gonna get you on here, but uh, if you had to go, you had to go. Um, he wanted to talk about climate change a little bit, um, and we'll see if he calls back. But that's one of your priorities is you're running for uh, the U.S. House, and in what regards does the federal government need to address climate change from your perspective, from the House? What can the government do? I think they can do a lot. I think they can. Uh give we can give the the funding to have opportunity to invest in in wisconsin whether that's um making sure that farms have the energy that they need making sure that we have i mean it's the infrastructure as well so it's roads it is um internet it's it's all of the systems tying together. I know there's uh, some work being done up in the northern part to get the high-speed trail, uh, high-speed train uh, that we should have had back in, what, 20, 2010? The Walker days, yeah. Yeah, the Walker When it days. was like Minnesota was down with a high-speed rail from the Twin Cities to Chicago, Chicago. through Milwaukee, I think. Yep. And it would have gone through La Crosse. It would have gone through Madison. A high-speed rail, think about it. And Minnesota was down, Illinois was down, and Scott Walker wasn't down, or the legislature wasn't down. Yep, but, but, the uh, federal government gave us a lot of money to do it, and we said no. Um, but I know they're they're working on what used to be the 400 uh, line, and so there's, there's work being done to get that high-speed train uh, from Eau Claire to the cities. So I think it, it's building systems that allow people to... Well, and that's and, and people are like, wait, climate change? What are you talking about? But that has everything to do with the climate, right? Because that, like, I am no longer. We don't have to drive. You can have a bunch of people on one train, and you. Yeah, you save emissions that yep. way. And then the train, you know, the train, how the how the train runs. All right, different caller. Pete is calling it, I believe. Pete, is this Pete? Yeah, see, uh, I uh, heard your guest talking about healthcare costs, and I, I know that. Um, you know, you're more left than what Rick or what uh, Mike is in the morning, uh, and I'm just wondering what he what he thinks about Obama's Affordable Care Act. I'll uh, I'll okay. hang up and listen. All right, yeah. Um, you know what's great is Pete called it the Affordable Care Act. He didn't call it Obamacare. Um, when you were talking about, if for people that weren't listening earlier, you you talk about it, is it just called a concave chest? It must have a name that's got a lot of syllables into it, right? Yeah, it's pectus excavatum. Is oh the, god, the medical one. So if you want to give that one a shot, no, I don't actually. <laughs> is it got an X in it? Yeah, <laughs> is there an X in it? Multiple X's. Um, all right. So you that happened to you at 19 years old. That ends up being a pre-existing condition, right? right. I'm setting you up for the softball answer to what you think uh, Affordable Care Act is. But in, t- in my in my first th- thought was like, oh, well, you're going to be covered insurance-wise. But also, like, go ahead. Like, what's your what are your thoughts on a, uh, on a, on the Affordable Care Act? 
I think it was a step in the right direction. Um, but where I I really struggled was where we're mandating to for-profit companies and, and the mandate being that everyone has to have insurance. Um, no longer a mandate, by the way. Right, which they, they changed. But I think we need to be providing a baseline coverage so that people aren't going bankrupt, bankrupt just to get the meds that they need. And mm-hmm. where it's like, I had to go to the doctor just for a routine check on my meds, and it was $400. And it's like, nothing, my situation has not changed. It was a 10-minute Zoom call, and they charge $400. Yeah, do the math there, like 40 bucks a minute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, that's not sustainable, and that's like... Right. And this we is, deserve better than that. And and therefore, like you might bypass that the next time. Right. Well, do, do you, does it does it cross your mind? Like maybe I won't make this Zoom call that's costing me four hundred dollars just to make sure whatever it is with your condition. Right. Yeah. And so I also struggle with I have migraines. And so I was diagnosed a few few years ago for that. And so I do a monthly shot. And without insurance, that shot is about eight hundred and fifty dollars. And so. I just ran the math of like, do I, what do I just like not have insurance for? Cause I was, my Cobra was ending. And so I was like, do I just not have insurance and just not take my meds and get through the end of the year? Or do I spend the money to, to jump onto a new plan, which is very difficult to figure out by the way. Um, and so we need to make that easier as well. Was that a situation where you're going through back in the day or is this thing? No, that was this year. Every year yeah, you're doing this. That was this year. So my Cobra insurance, which is very expensive, but it was like, what are you going to do? Um, ended in July. And so then I had to figure out how to either go on the marketplace or get on my employer's insurance. And it's not an easy process. Um, these, these things, these issues, I feel like, Everybody has these issues, and I don't think healthcare is one that is, in my head, Democrat or Republican. I think we all want to. We all want my plan, man. We all want the. I don't have to think about a healthcare plan. It's but but how do we get there? You know, and and and, and then you have to put a certain amount of trust in the government. And can you do that at this point? You know, I think that's the big question with Republicans in healthcare. Yeah, and I think it's a, it's a question across the board. I right. mean, we see the chaos that's happening there, and it's like, do we have faith that they can actually put forward solutions that that are going to help us? Well, at this and, point, we we we're not we're not well, putting forward right, healthcare solutions. Right. We're not even talking about it. We only talked about it in like twenty sixteen or eighteen. That was the big thing. We're going to talk about healthcare, and and then and it's been silence ever since. Uh, in my situation, I have, I had to go to physical therapy for a calf issue so that I could play sports. Cause I still want to do that in my forties. And then I get the bill and I'm like, are you, you know, the, the health insurance cut the bill in half, but it was $500 yep. for 40 minutes. And I was like, okay, well, I'm not doing that anymore. I guess I'll, I'll find a friend that maybe is in the, in the, in college that's studying this stuff. This is literally what I'm doing. So like, th- that's my healthcare is like, Hey, you're studying physical therapy. Can you fix me? And well, I'll give you some money, but not $500 for 40 minutes a session. Or going on WebMD and right. self-diagnosing, and then we right. all have terminal illnesses. And so I, we need to make that more accessible. We need to, to make sure that people are getting the baseline and don't have to choose. I, cancer doesn't choose. Cancer doesn't care if you're a Republican or a Democrat. Well, and you, so it's like... Do you care that the affordable health care 
uh, the Affordable Care Act is a thing that like utilizes insurance? Is that because in my head, oh, I'll just let you talk. I'm going to give you all my idea, ideas, but what are your ideas in that regard? Because that's the middleman to me is where we're, we're kind of getting screwed. Yeah, I think the the middleman is the they're the people that are taking a lot of a lot of the money, and so one way to approach it is with having a a government option that everyone collectively we can make a difference as we're seeing now we can negotiate uh, for ten ten drugs um, for Medicaid and it's Medicare it's. There's power in us being able to work together and push back and say, no, this is, we're not accepting these astronomically high prices. Mm -hmm. All right, we're going to go to back to the phones. We're talking with Eric Wilson. He's running for the U.S. House of Representatives here in the 3rd District. Joe's on the phone. Joe, you got a question for Eric? Oh, wait, 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 wait. And uh, now you do. Go. So a lot of talk about uh, the Affordable Care Act over many years. I just have a few questions and maybe you can clear up for me. What, um, if you can work and your employer pays for your health care, that's what you do. If you can work and your employer doesn't pay for your health care, you can apply for the Affordable Care Act and you'll get subsidized, but still it's going to be super expensive. Or if you're not employed, you can get all the the Affordable Care Act with subsidies and not have to pay much monthly. Uh, that's the first question. My second question is, if that is correct, then what's the difference between having people that are uninsured just go to the doctor and the rest of us pay for it anyway? Why do we have to add all these paychecks in for a bunch of people to do bureaucracy work? Doesn't that just make uninsured people more expensive? All right, do you, are you following? <laughs> I got the first one. Essentially, I think he's saying that if you like people that aren't employed and don't make any money, will get free health care. Right. Is that what kind of what yeah. you're saying, Joe? And then people that are employed well, and have to get health insurance are aren't aren't really aren't really getting health care. They're having to pay for it. So, I mean, we're, we're paying for people without health care, so we might as well just do it across the board. That's what I'm saying, Joe. Well, that's what I'm saying. And it's like, why add all the bureaucracy for more paychecks to go out to people to handle it? Why don't we just pay for the people who can't afford insurance to go in to get health care? We do anyway. Only now we're adding in all this extra bureaucracy cost. That's yeah, the, the double bureaucracy too, right? Because when you, when you have health insurance, the health insur- you have to ask your health insurance if they... And then the health insurance will tell the hospital and then the hospital has to work with that. So there's the, the, the double middleman because the, right. the hospital needs a middle person to work with the health insurance company. And then the health insurance company needs extra, you know, bureaucracy, if you want to call it. Um, yeah, man, this is like and, and I'll just tell you, Joe, probably not like liberal left Democrat. So like there it is, like there there's like the, the, the defining line is everybody. Uh, it, it, everyone has a problem with health care. Well, and we're. Because everyone has health, right? right. Like, and well, and you're willing to sacrifice your entire life's worth to save, either, whether it's yourself, right? And your whatever that was called, P and X in it, I know that. Or your dad has cancer, right? And he has ongoing treatments for cancer. And you're willing to sacrifice whatever you own. Your parents are willing to sacrifice whatever they own to keep yourselves alive, which is literally the situation you were in. I don't know if that's the situation you are in now, but your dad is definitely in. Yeah, and it's we're having to choose to sell our homes or sell 
sell our belongings if if we can't if we can't afford our treatment or it's just we wither away mm-hmm. and so it's it is much cheaper to have preventative care and to allow people to go in if they have a cough and so it doesn't right. get to pneumonia or if they break their kneecap and then it you know it, it goes from there and so it's it makes more sense to have a baseline coverage that allows us to be preventative and make sure we're going in it's it's much cheaper to have, catch it. If you have insurance, you have that. You can go and get a checkup. I think that's your you can get one of those free or something. Um but but beyond that, that's it. Checkup, I mean, but then it's like depends on what tests they pick right. and it, it, beyond that, that you have no idea what right. you what's have no in store idea. For you. You make an appointment to go to the doctor and you have no idea how much it's going to cost. And so I think another component of healthcare is making sure that there's transparency on who's getting paid what and where the cost is coming from. Like, yeah. should a Zoom call that takes 10 minutes really cost $400? Right. Or, or they, they ask for it up front so you can hang up. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, or but, when I go to physical to be... therapy and they're like, it's $500, we'll take that up front. Like when you pay for something, you don't. You don't bring the pizza home from the restaurant and eat it and then go, how much did that cost? Yeah, right? exactly. I mean, that's... The, and we're, we have some We of laugh that. about it, but that's the exact situation and that we're there's, there's some legislation to, to the openness of, of that, but you still have to go digging for it a little bit. All right, we're going to take one more break. We're going to wrap up with Eric in a minute. All right, welcome. You don't need this. Right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. I'm Rick Solom. In the studio with me is Eric Wilson. He's running for the House of Representatives in the third congressional district. Here contains all the almost all the UW schools. Essentially, you kind of you kind of I, I never really thought about how many UW schools. You just that's that's the like corners of the district. Um, you're kind of the unknown in the race at this point, I think, because Rebecca Cook has been running for a while. In La Crosse County, Tara Johnson was the first female county board chair here, so she has some name recognition. And then Katrina Shanklin might not be all that recognizable, but she is a like assembly rep, right? So I feel like you're running behind. So how do you get uh, your name out there? Uh, I'm in this race. Here's who I am. How, do you, you know, how tough is that, and how do you do that? Yeah, uh, it's it's showing up. It's being present. It's listening. It's having meet and greets. It's showing up to every corner. Got to count all of them. Yeah, all um, 7, I'll get 000. back on that. Yep. Um, but it truly is. It's getting out there and it's talking to people. Do you have a team? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so got a team. Because it's got to, like, and either you have friends that are happy to volunteer, right? Or you have a team that you could pay. And then it's like, you got to compete with, if you want to go to the last race, Derek Van Orden raised $7 million. So, all right, how am I going to raise $7 million to, to compete with it? You know, like this is gets to a, you know, whether it's a dream to be in, in government or not, it gets to be a nightmare to try to, to compete with that kind of money. Well, and people like, people like us aren't supposed to run. It's supposed to be people that have big money, big backings, um, I came out starting as not taking big corporate PAC money. So I'm not taking corporate PAC money from oil, pharma, the big ones. And that's going to be a harder road, but it's the right road because it's the opinion of, it's the opinion and buy-in of everyone in the district. And it's everyone chipping in. I've got, got one person that is donating $3 a month and they're in college. And so it's like, that may not seem like a lot, but it's important to me. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, I am very grateful for it. And it, that's how we do this. We do it $1 at a time. We do it one person at a time. And it's getting out there, showing up, and having conversations with people. Um, obviously, this, this district is one of the only competitive districts in, in terms of the U.S. House in the state. Um, so there's, you know, you have, to, you have to talk to both sides here. I would say it, the preconceived notion is that Democrats live in big cities and Republicans live in rural areas. And if you want to take that preconceived notion, I being a, a Democrat that lives in a rural area, how do you get to the, those ears? Those, how, do you, how do you get your word out that you're running and you're listening to them? Because, you know, if you can't go farm to farm, so to speak. Uh, or rural area to rural area because that would just that's a lot of gas miles, you know. Well, I have an electric car, so <laughs> we we got that one taken care of. But it it truly is though. There's there's events. There's it's coming to gatherings. It's meeting people where they're at, mm-hmm. and people are emotional right now. People are ticked off at how the system is making life miserable, and we're seeing that. And so it's allowing people to share what they're feeling, share how they're approaching things, and then talking to them, listening you, to them. When, when the system's making life miserable and the system currently is Joe Biden president and people point the blame to him and then also, but the U.S. House of Representatives is Republican and they didn't have a house for three weeks. But people don't understand civics. So when you say that, you know. And I well, don't know your opinion on Joe Biden. We, we don't have another hour, but like, I don't know. How, how, do you, how do you argue with that? Yeah, and more of the systems that I'm talking about are big corporations. Mm-hmm. And so where, I mean, it's big pharma, it's big oil, it's big whatever it might be. We call it big chicken around here. Big so, chicken, yeah. yeah. Well, when big chicken is taking, taking the farms away from us, we're, we're in trouble. And so it's... It's pushing back on those big systems and big corporations and not allowing them just to treat us as numbers and showing up and saying we're people and we we deserve better than what the big corporations are giving us. All right. We just got 30 seconds here. Eric, Eric Wilson is running for Congress. Eric, how can uh, people get in touch with you and, and follow you? Yeah, so wilsonforwisconsin.com is my website. It's got... Is it F-O-R or the number four? Uh, F-O-R. Okay, Wilson. W-I. Okay. So it's W-I-L-S-O-N. Yeah, I got you. F-O-R-W-I.com. Also the same for all of my socials. And yeah, I want to hear from people. It's important for me to hear the good, the bad, and and bring people together because I think there's a lot more common ground than not. All right, go to Wilson4WI.com and harass him on his website and on all his socials. Thanks, Eric. Thanks. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Call on the taxi.